Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, Joshua knows who's in control. God was going to fight for them. To be honest, the battle's already over. It's done. It's finished. And yet, Joshua and the people have to do their part. The walls are already on the way to come down. God said, it's going to happen. It's over. It's finished. Battle's all mine. But before that happens, you have to believe me enough to obey me. If you want to learn how to do something new, you can probably find video instructions on YouTube. That's an amazing resource when you want to figure out how to do something or find out how something works. However, there's no substitute for actually learning to do it yourself. And in the Christian walk, as Pastor Mark will teach today, you can't grow in the faith by watching somebody else grow in their faith. You've got to dig in and do the hard work. And today's teaching will help you do just that. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, The Faith of Moses, Joshua, and Rahab. Look at Joshua 5, verse 14. Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? Isn't that a beautiful picture? Notice how Joshua fell face down in honor, not back like we see a lot face down in honor. And he said to God, in the very presence of God, I'm your servant, what would you like me to do? I mean, that's why he had gone out. He went out to hear from God. Well, the commander of the Lord's army replied, here's what I want you to do. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. So Joshua got up, took off his sandals. Now, this is a picture, a picture of leadership. That's a beautiful picture. It's a picture of submission. Who was the leader here? Well, Joshua was the leader. But who is the real leader? God. Don't ever forget it. I don't care what your title is. There's only one God. And when God says, take your shoes off, take your shoes off. Amen? And for those, again, that that are young and working through leadership, here are two powerful twins if you want to be a successful leader. 
humility, and submission. And I'm sorry to say, sometimes today we don't see that in leadership. Now, I have to believe when Joshua's taking his sandals off, who's he thinking about? Who is he an understudy of? Moses. Let your brain do a little walking through the yellow pages now. Does this sound anything like Moses went through? Remember the burning bush? What did God say to Moses? Take them same sandals off. You're on holy ground. Do you ever believe that Moses told Joshua that story? Oh, I believe he did. And so, man, Joshua's got to be going, wow, this is firsthand. I didn't have to just take Moses' thing. This is God speaking to me. And so he's going to learn something firsthand from God. Now, let me say something to you. It's very important that we learn from others. Children learn from their parents. We learn from other leaders. I learn from lots of people. But you cannot bypass learning from God himself. You must not bypass it. And where do you learn that? If I had my two chairs up here, anybody remember? Come apart or come apart. Where do you learn to hear from God? Right there. And Joshua went to figure out what God was going to do. God said, you want to know? I'm going to tell you. That's a beautiful picture. Maybe some of you started, you did really good, you got into it, and you kind of got away from it. Go right back to it. Don't just listen to me or the other teaching pastors in this church. You have to have an experience firsthand with God. You see, when you're baptized in water, that's you. When you're saved, that's you. When you're baptized with the Spirit, that's you. When you praise God in the spiritual gifts privately at home and just allow that to happen, that's you. That's not somebody else. This is firsthand. What is he learning? Well, I know he learned this. God is holy. He's not. He didn't tell, leave your shoes on. He said, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. Joshua, go to chapter 6, verse 2. You're right there. Then the Lord said to Joshua, You want to know what's going to happen? See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Next thing to write is this. By faith, we know the battle is the Lord's. You see, Joshua knows who's in control. God was going to fight for them. To be honest, the battle's already over. It's done. It's finished. And yet, Joshua and the people have to do their part. The walls are already on the way to come down. God said, it's going to happen. It's over. It's finished. battle's all mine. But before that happens... You have to believe me enough to obey me. Joshua, I'm sure, could have never guessed this plan. We've never seen it before and never seen it since. Verse 3, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do it for six days. 
Have priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them, sound the long blast on the trumpets. Have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight on in. Do you understand God's ways are not our ways? You read that, you got to go, huh? I'm thinking Joshua's going, what in the, who came up with that? Notice how detailed this is. This is very detailed. See, God has a plan for our lives, and sometimes when he begins sharing it, we might think, you got to be kidding me, God. But when God shares it, the details will just simply start to fall in place. Now, I asked myself a question when I read this. What if Joshua puts his shoes back on, goes back into his army and goes, God gave me this plan, but before we try that, let's see tomorrow if we can bring these walls down. Ever done that? Ever got ahead of God? Ever said, thank you, God, uh, that will be plan B in my part? Well, you know what would have happened. So God's word to Joshua resulted in Joshua having faith. Why do you need to write that? God's word to Joshua resulted in Joshua having faith. Why do you need to write that? Because of this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God said to Joshua, here's how. His word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The soon as Joshua heard God speak, faith began to well up in his heart. The battle plan that Joshua was working on, whatever it was, that was set aside. He would submit to God's plan. Now, you know that in your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own battle plan. Seek him in everything you do. He'll show you how many times to walk around the wall. Don't be impressed with your own plan. You know that comes from Proverbs. Just modified it to fit that. Now, let's stop and think about this. You're the leader. You go back and tell this plan to your group of leaders. What do you think is going on in their mind? Joshua, you've been into that Manischewitz grape juice again. <laughs> the sour cream and the bagel go bad. What's happened with you? Do you think that, no, I mean, be serious. You hear this plan. You haven't had the interaction with God. What are you thinking? This is foolishness. This is crazy. But he convinces them. Now they have to go out and convince the people. You can see the leaders coming home, sitting down with their wives. Honey, how was the board meeting? It's great. What's going to happen? Wait till you hear this. See, we isolate ourselves. This is real life. This is how it works. Some of you, a few years ago when we said, we're going to open a video campus in Vieira. Bummer, what have you been drinking? It'll never work. Nobody will come to a video, and nobody will ever get saved up there. But see, God had already spoken to myself and the elders. We already heard the plan from God. We moved forward with it. It wasn't long before you moved forward with us. 
And all the walls we thought that would go up have already come down. But now, will there be any more walls? Well, sure, there'll be more walls. No problem. The battle's not mine. Battle's the Lord's. Amen. So as we move forward, it's no different. It's just a different time. Now, let's say you're the people. You're walking day one. Day two. On a day six, do you think in your mind, and here's a word that I'll challenge you with, do you ever doubt God? No, I'm a Christian. I don't doubt God. Sure you doubt God. I believe that this happened very much. As they were walking around, I'm sure they doubted. They're at day six. They're going, maybe even on day seven when they've walked around six times already, thinking, this ain't going to work. This isn't going to work. Let me just read you something. We doubt often when we face a situation that doesn't seem to make sense. Kind of, we might say it like this, God, why? Now, many people think doubt is the opposite of faith, but it really isn't. Unbelief is the opposite of faith. To me, here's faith, here's doubt, here's unbelief. Doubt is on the way to unbelief, but we can stop it. Unbelief refers to a willful refusal to believe God. Doubt just means there's some uncertainty. So here's something I, I, I want to write, I give you to put in your Bibles, maybe, because we all do doubt. When doubting, act on your faith, not on your doubts. In other words, go back to where you started in faith. Don't head to unbelief. Because that certainly doesn't please God. If God said it, he's going to do it. Head back the other way. All of us do that. Now, Ray Pritchard has this to say. Don't you think that all these great heroes of the faith had their doubts? Of course they did. They didn't know in advance how everything was going to come out. But they took a deep breath, decided to trust God, and they acted on their faith and not on their doubts. Do the same thing, and your faith will continually grow stronger. End quotes. You see, during those seven days, Joshua, in spite of doubts, commanded the people to obey God. One person's faith can change thousands of lives. No doubt, as these people marched, they could hear, because they marched fairly close to the wall. You can be sure the people sitting on top of the wall, seeing these guys march, thinking, what is wrong with you nuts? And for sure, they wanted to go, their faith is just draining from them. They see these walls, they see the people, they see the army people on top of them, and they're thinking, God, I believe what changed their doubt back to faith was that they had just moved into Canaan because God had dried up the Jordan. They were shortly from a great miracle, supernatural miracle. No explanation for it. God did it. Next thing you want to write is this. Personal history with God should increase our faith 
for tomorrow. You see, they had just come from a miracle. So if God says march, we're going to march. How many times? We'll do it. Away we'll go. There wouldn't be any doubt in their lives. Back to Hebrews 11.30, if you will. Hebrews 11.30, where we left. How did the walls fall? By faith. After the people had marched around them for seven days. Everything took place. Why? I said to you already. Real faith is proved by obedience. Now just stop and ask yourself before we move on to the next passage quickly. Are there any walls in your life that need to come down? Has God spoken to you? You see, very often God will say, I want you to step out in faith and do this. You say, got it. And we begin doubting. Maybe that's moved in your life to unbelief. That wasn't God. God didn't speak. Got the wrong person. Couldn't be me. Impossible. Be careful. Remember, the battle is always in the mind. That's where the battle goes. Don't argue with God about his plan for your life. Simply acknowledge that his plan is better than anything you could ever come up with. And say to God, you asked me to do it, I'll do it. I'll step out in faith. Remember who your boss is. It's not you. It's God. And God requires of us steps of faith. Absolutely has to happen in our lives. We have to learn to trust him. Now, look at verse 31. By faith, the prostitute, Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Turn, if you will, to Joshua chapter 2. Now, we're earlier before what we just read, the walls coming down. And we have a little history of a plan that you already read the plan. You're going to see a little precursor to it. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Chittim. Go and look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. Now you have to think about this. Joshua says, we need to see what we're up against. So he, he sends his CIA agents into Jericho. They're trying to be secret, and they put all kinds of things, and they probably found some way through the wall. They got in there incognito. They think they're doing really well. And they go to a, a house of a prostitute. Now, why would they go to a house of a prostitute? Well, for this reason. A house of a prostitute was used to all kinds of travelers coming from all over the world, just walking through this little red light district or whatever they had there in Jericho. They would just come there from all over the place, 
And when you were there, whatever happens in Jericho stays in Jericho. It was just like that. As they came walking through there, they're thinking, nobody will recognize us. But the problem was, somebody had tapped into their cell phone. They heard the plan. It was the king. Their disguise didn't work. He knew exactly where they were in this house. So somehow, we don't know what happened. Look at verse 3. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the land. But the woman who had taken the two men and hidden them, she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. Which way did they go? I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. So the men, king's men, set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that lead to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Now, in these verses, Rahab told three little white lies. You see, for a Christian, a white lie is okay. Try to see if you would react to that, those of you that are filling out your taxes right now. No, lying is never justified in the Bible. In fact, it's one of the seven things God hates, is lying. And I want you to stop and think about something for a moment. I'm not going to take a long time on this, but I do want to spend a few minutes on it. We know already by this time, Rahab, because you'll see in a moment, the testimony she gives, Rahab has already become, by faith, a believer in God Jehovah. That's why she's risking her life. I mean, if she hadn't, all she has to say, the guys are on the roof. See, if she gets caught, she's dead. So she's risking She's already come to God. She already has faith in him. Now, how much of moral law has she studied of the Israelites? How much? None. Okay. So we would call her a brand new, in our term today, what would you use? We'd call her a brand new Christ follower, wouldn't we? Brand new baby, brand new Christian, just getting started. So why does Rahab, a prostitute, a liar, end up in the hall of faith because of God's grace. He's not saying prostitution was right. He's not saying lying was right. But he says, faith really pleases me. So think about this. Here she is, and I call her a new convert. That's what I'll call her. Why am I spending all this time? Because we just, this weekend had maybe, and I don't know how many recommitted and recommitted, whatever, half-half, let's say half-half, 150 people, whatever, 75 people, brand new Christians. Do we need to give them a little space? No, I'm going to come down hard on them right from the start. Do we need to give them a little space? Yeah. How much do they know about the morality of the Bible? Almost what? 
nothing. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark showed that Joshua learned how to act in God's presence from Moses. You learned what a serious thing it is to be a servant of God. You can see from this story that God always asks you to do things you can't do on your own. He's trying to get you to trust him, to accomplish the task you've been given, because that's the only way it'll be done right. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Pastor Mark will be wrapping up his teaching, The Faith of Moses, Joshua, and Rahab. Next time we're together, he'll talk about the victory over Jericho that God achieved through the Israelites' obedience to his command. You'll learn from Pastor Mark about faith, doubt, and unbelief. You'll find out the difference between doubt and unbelief and how to avoid both. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting